Well, with today being Grad Sunday, here, here's what I want to do to, to start. I want everyone to think back to their senior year of high school. Uh, for some of you, that was a few years ago. For some of you, that was a, a few decades ago. Um, but senior year, it's, it's an exciting time in life. It's, it's a busy time. It's a, it's a crazy time. You've got senior prom that you're, you're attending, and you've got to figure out the date situa- situation and what you're going to wear. You've got your football games that you're going to. You've got your senior skip days where you get to blow off school and, and go to the beach or do something fun. You've got the SAT that you're taking multiple times trying to get the score that you need. You've got college applications that, that you're filling out. But you are just a, a few weeks or a few months away from graduating and stepping into this, this new season of life. The, the world that you've lived in and known for the past 18 years is, is about to change in, in a pretty substantial way. And really for the first time in life, you're beginning to make some real adult decisions. Like decisions that are gonna have legitimate consequences for your future. You're trying to figure out like, am I gonna go to college? Like, is this, is this college thing for me? And if I'm going to go, where am I going to go? Am I going to stay local and go to, 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 to the community college? Am I going to go to the, a state college? Am I going to go out of state? What am I going to study? I've got to pick a major. Do I need a minor? Do I want a double major? Am I going to go to grad school? You're trying to figure out how am I going to pay for this? Do I work during school? Do I take out loans? Are there, there scholarships to, to cover it? And if you're not going to go to college, you're trying to figure out, then, then what am I going to do? Am I going to start working full time right away? Am I going to take a gap year to figure things out? Am I going to go to trade school or join the military? There's just all these decisions that you, you have to make. And as you're processing through these, these many different decisions, I'm sure there were people who were speaking into those decisions, There are people in your life who had opinions about what you should do next. Sure, your your parents, maybe your grandparents, your your friends, advisors, coaches, mentors, they were sharing their opinion from their perspective. And you had to, to sort through all these different opinions. You had to weigh them out and figure out, okay, which of these opinions am I gonna listen to? Which of these opinions am I going to lean into? Which of these opinions am I going to trust? Well, this morning, we are kicking off a new teaching series called Voices. And during this series, we're looking at the different voices that have the potential to shape our identity. Things like the voice of comparison, the voice of frustration, the voice of our past, You see, there are so many voices in our life speaking into who we are, speaking into what we should believe and and how we should live our lives. And and what we have to decide is this, which voices are we going to listen to? Which voices are we going to turn up and amplify in our life and lean into? Which voices are we going to turn down and diminish and, and push away? And who or what? is going to be the loudest voice in our life. But one of the loudest and most influential voices in our life today for all of us is the voice of opinion. The voice of opinion. We live in a society that is full of opinions. There is a a just constant barrage of, of noise. And we live in a day 
where everyone assumes they are an expert on everything, right? And everyone seems to have an opinion about everything. There's this obsession with opinions. I just want you to think for a minute about the number of places that you hear opinions on a daily basis. Like in the morning, if you flip on a a sports channel like ESPN or or Fox Sports, what you're not getting is people reporting about what happened in the game. What you're seeing is people sitting down arguing their opinions. Opinions about Tom Brady, opinions about LeBron James or a coach or a team. Think about the podcasts we listen to and talk radio, guys like Joe Rogan or or Rush Limbaugh. It's guys who sit down for two hours on a podcast or they have three hours on, on talk radio and they are just sharing their opinion on different topics. Think about social media, your Facebook newsfeed, just filled with opinions from, from anybody you can think of. TikTok, Instagram, social media influencers speaking about what they believe and what they think. Think about news stations. I mean, do I even really need to, to comment on that? Like how often do you flip on the news? They're not really reporting on the news. They're giving their opinion of current topics and things happening in our world. And our, our culture, our society, it just has this strange obsession with opinions. In fact, people get paid insane amounts of money to have strong opinions. And they're encouraged to express those opinions, whether they're experts or not, whether they know what they're talking about or not. And the louder and more obnoxious they are with their opinion, the more followers they attract and the more money that they make. But what exactly is an opinion? What, what, what is that? You know, this week as, as I was preparing and studying, I, I came across this definition for, for an opinion. I, I love this. Here's what an opinion is. It's a belief that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. By definition, an opinion is not a fact. It is not certain. Opinions are not absolute truth. They are not infallible. They are simply viewpoints and and judgments. They're not facts. And opinions, they are not neutral. Like every single opinion has an agenda attached to it. And, And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, that every opinion has some kind of political agenda, but every opinion comes from a particular point of view a particular perspective, like opinions are biased. They're impacted by our experiences and by our our perceptions. No opinion is truly neutral or unbiased. And every single day, you and me, we are bombarded with dozens and dozens of opinions, biased points of view. We hear opinions about what we should believe, and how we should think. We hear opinions about how we should look, how we should present ourselves, how we should should dress. We hear opinions about what our values in life should be, what we should prioritize, what we should care about. Opinions about who we should be and how we should live our lives. And with all of these competing opinions that, that we're hearing every day from friends and family, from coworkers, from the news, from social media, from podcasts and books, with all this noise just constantly going on, what we have to determine is this. Whose opinion 
is going to carry the greatest weight in our life? Whose opinion are we going to listen to? Whose opinion are we going to lean into and value and trust? Whose opinion is going to carry weight in our life? And here's why this matters. Because the opinions that we choose to listen to, they significantly impact our life. They impact the way we view ourselves. They impact what we believe and what we value. And ultimately, they shape our identity and who we become whether those opinions are truthful or not. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage in Proverbs chapter 4. And here King Solomon, he's writing to to one of his sons and he's providing him with this this advice, this, this wisdom. And if you're unfamiliar with who Solomon is, Solomon was the, the third king of the nation of Israel. He was David's son. And he is considered to be the wisest man who has ever lived. He didn't always make the best decisions. He didn't always follow through on what he knew was right and true. But God had gifted him with supernatural wisdom, supernatural understanding. And here in this passage, he's trying to help his son to to recognize and to, to, to pay attention to who and what is influencing and shaping his heart. He's trying to get him to to be mindful and consider, okay, what opinions, what voices are you listening to? And in Proverbs chapter four, starting in verse 20, Solomon writes this. He says, my son, pay attention. Will everyone say pay attention? Come on now. There we go. Everyone say pay attention. He says, my son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. Solomon, he tells this thing. He's, he's like, hey, 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 pay attention. Listen up. Pay, li, li, don't lose sight of what I'm about to say. And, and here's what Solomon understood. Solomon understood that our attention is an incredibly valuable resource. That it is the commodity that the world wants most from us. I mean, just think about it. Advertisements, television, social media, they are all designed to capture our attention. In fact, they profit based on how much of our attention they can get. The longer we stay on their site, the longer we use that that app, the longer we watch their show, the more money that they, they make. Which is why Solomon is saying to his son, Pay your attention to me. Like, let my words, let my opinion carry great weight and influence in your life. He's saying, I want you to lean in. I want you to watch. I want you to listen. I want all of you to be ready to receive what I'm about to tell you. And here's why. Verse 22, for these words, they are life to those who find them. And they are health to one's body. He says these these words, this advice, this opinion I'm about to share with you, they are life and health to the one that finds them. He's saying these these are for your benefit. They're for your good. I'm trying to help you prosper and succeed in life. I care about your well-being. 
These are for your health, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like, I'm invested in your life. I care about you. I want what's best for you. And he's saying, look, I need you to pay attention. I, I, I need you to lean in because I'm about to, to share some words of wisdom with you. And here's his advice to his son. Verse 23, he says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. He says, son, the, the most important advice that I can give you is this. Guard your heart above all else. Protect it at all costs because it is the source of life, meaning that everything flows from your heart. Your motives, your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your heart is the wellspring of life. You see, church, our, our heart is our most valuable treasure. It's who we are at our core. It's the source of our identity, the source of our being. And we have been entrusted with the responsibility of guarding it, of protecting it from, from the many different voices that are trying to speak into it, the many different voices that are trying to capture our attention which means that we need to guard our hearts from the opinions of this world. The opinions that are trying to, to shape who we are and what we need, to, we, we need to believe. You see, we need to be so careful about the opinions that we give weight to, the opinions that, that we listen to and lean into and allow to influence our life. We don't wanna just accept any opinion as truth. We must be cautious, we must be alert, we must be vigilant. He's telling his son, guard your heart. It is the source of life. And then listen to what he says in verse 24. He says, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. And you may wonder, like, why, why is Solomon bringing this up? Like, What does this have to do with his son guarding his heart? You see, the words that we speak reveal what is in our heart. The words that we speak reveal what has influenced and shaped our heart and our identity. In fact, listen to what, what Jesus said in Luke chapter six, verse 45. He said, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. You see, our words come from the overflow of our heart. And just for a minute, I, I want you to think about yourself, think about your life. What kind of words do you speak? What kind of tone do you use when you speak? Are your words positive or are they negative? Are your words uplifting or are they critical? Are your words truthful or are they dishonest? Do your words build up and encourage or do your words cut and tear down? Like if you want to know what is in your heart, pay attention to how you speak. Your words, they reveal what has influenced and has shaped your, your heart. Solomon's telling his son, pay attention to your words because they reveal what is in your heart. And then he says this in verse 25. He says, let your eyes look forward. 
Fix your gaze straight ahead. And now he's addressing what his son is looking at. He says, son, I want you to fix your gaze straight ahead. Let your eyes look forward. Don't get distracted by all the things around you. Let your eyes look forward. And once again, listen to what Jesus said about this. In Matthew chapter six, he said this, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eye is healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Jesus says that, that our eyes are the lamp of our entire body. That our eyes are the entrance to our heart and to our mind. And when our eyes are good, when we're looking on things that are pleasing and honoring to the Lord, when our, our perception, our viewpoint is honoring to God, that our entire body says is filled with light. But when our eyes are bad, when we're looking on things that are displeasing and don't honor God, when our perception is off, well, then our entire body is filled with darkness. He says, son, you, you've got to be so careful about what you look at. Because what you look at will find its way into your heart. And then he says this in verse 26. Carefully consider the path of, for your feet. And all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. He says you need to consider where you go. Pay attention to the direction that you're headed. Don't stray from the path that's set before you. Don't go to the, to the right or to the left. You need to keep your feet away from evil. And what, what, what point is Solomon trying to make here? What is he trying to, to, to communicate to his son? What he's saying is this. What you take in will impact your heart and eventually find its way out. What you take in will impact your heart and eventually find its way out. What you listen to what you look at and watch, where you go, the things that have your attention, the opinions that you are listening to, these things will ultimately shape your heart and form your identity, which is why we must guard, we must protect our heart at all costs. So what, is that, what does that look like? How, how do we guard our hearts? How do we protect them, especially from, from the opinions of this world? How do we protect our hearts from these many voices that are speaking into who we are, into our identity, into our values, and into our beliefs? For the next few minutes, I, I just want to get very, very practical with you. And I want to give you three areas that I believe that you need to protect, that you need to take control of if you are going to guard your heart. Three areas to protect. The first one is this. You need to protect your mornings. You need to protect your mornings. Who or what is speaking into your life first thing in the morning? The, the, the moment that you wake up. Is it your email? Like are you rolling over, grabbing your phone and, and checking your email? Is it, is it social media? Is it the news? Is it headlines? Is it Wordle? That's what I've been, been spending my, my mornings on. Whose opinion are you beginning your morning with? 
Because I believe that what we begin our morning with, it sets the direction and it sets the course for our entire day. And for many of us, we are beginning our morning with frustration and anxiousness and worry and stress because of the opinions that we are allowing into our heart the moment that we wake up, through our phones, through the TV, through the things that we read. Which is why I I think that it is just so crucial that we protect, that we guard the first moments of our day. And we allow God's word to be the first opinion that we receive. Meaning that we get alone with God and we quiet our hearts We quiet our minds, we're still before him and we allow him to speak truth into our life. Before all the busyness of the day, before all the noise, before all the competing opinions that we're gonna run into. I think there's something sacred about giving God our first moments. It signifies and communicates that we are surrendering our day to him that we're surrendering control, that we're not setting the agenda anymore, and that his opinion, his word, is going to carry the greatest weight in our life. We have to protect, we have to take control of our mornings, and look, I I, I know this isn't easy. Like if you're not a morning person, or if you've gotta get to work really early, or if you've got young kids at home, listen, I, I, I totally understand, I, I totally get it. But look, I'm, I'm not suggesting an hour-long Bible study where you've got commentaries, all these resources out, and you're reading through, through a book of the Bible. No, 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 I'm talking about 15 minutes to get alone with God, to be still before him and allow his opinion his word to set the course, to set the direction of our day, to surrender to him and say, God, your word, your opinion is gonna carry the greatest weight in my life today. We need to protect our mornings. Secondly, we need to protect and take control of the inputs in our life. You see, it's not just our mornings that we need to protect. We need to be mindful of what we're allowing into our heart and into our mind throughout the day. We need to be mindful of the kind of social media accounts that we follow, the news stations that we watch, the podcasts we listen to, the books that we read. Now, I I just wonder for you, like, are the inputs that are coming into your heart, into your mind throughout the day, are they pointing you to truth? Are they pointing you back to God's word or are they trying to pull you away and distract you from truth? Like we need to pay attention to what is taking our attention. Like we need to be mindful of that. But we don't just need to be mindful of what's taking our attention, we need to be mindful of how much time it's taking. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of time we spend on our phones the amount of time we spend watching TV, the hours of input and opinion that are coming into our life every single day. And I'll just be honest, like I'm embarrassed at times about the amount of time I spend on my phone. Every single Sunday morning at about 9.15, right before student life groups start, that stupid notification pops up on my phone with my screen time report. 
and be like, four hours, five hours, you're up 40% from last week. And it's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm spending that much time on this device. But listen, it's hard to overcome hours and hours of input and opinions when we're spending five minutes in God's word. Like when God is getting just minutes of our day and the world and their opinions are getting hours and hours, it's hard to fight against that. Which is why I think we need to put some some boundaries in place. We need to, to limit the amount of input that is coming into our heart and into our minds. So maybe this means limiting the amount of time you spend on social media. You know, fortunately, our, our phones have these restrictions, and these restrictions aren't just for our kids. These restrictions, I think, are, are for us too. Like, you can set limits, you know, 30 minutes on Facebook, 20 minutes on, on, on Twitter, you know, an hour on, on Safari, and, and limit the amount of time you're on social media and taking in all these inputs and all these opinions. It may mean limiting the amount of time you, you watch the news, I remember during the, the beginning of, of COVID a couple of years ago when you're at home and there's nothing to do, I would find myself watching news all day long. And after a couple of weeks of doing that, you know what I realized? I was absolutely miserable. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was frustrated. And, and, and some of us, we're taking in hours and hours of, of news and opinions every single day that is creating this frustration and this anxiousness. This may mean changing the, the kind of podcasts you listen to, the kind of music you listen to. Yeah, but we need to take control of the inputs, of the things that are coming into our life. Are they pointing us to truth, back to God's word, or are they pulling us away and distracting us from what is truth? And finally, number three, we need to take control, we need to protect our relationships the relationships we have in life. Listen, proximity creates influence, meaning that the people closest to us in life naturally have the most influence on us. They're the ones who are speaking into our life on a consistent basis. They're the ones who are sharing their opinions with us day to day. And we need to be mindful of the closest relationships in our life. Are the people who are in your inner circle, the people you go to for advice, the people you lean on, are they pointing you towards truth? Are they giving you opinions that are consistent with God's word? Are their opinions based on scripture or are their opinions based on what they think is best? Look, we, we can't choose our family, but we can choose our friends. Students, college students, you choose who you date. You choose who you marry. We need to be so careful and so mindful of those closest relationships in our life, those people who have influence, those people who are speaking into our life, who are sharing their opinions. Are their opinions pointing us it's truth. So as we wrap up this morning, I, I, I wanna take us back to our original question. Whose opinion is going to carry the greatest weight in your life? And there's really one of two options. 
Is it gonna be God's opinion or is it gonna be the world's opinion? You see, ultimately, we value the opinions of the people that we trust. It's really a matter of trust. Do you trust God? Do you trust his word? Do you trust that he knows best? Do you trust that he wants what's best for you? Do you trust him? Do you value his opinion? How much weight does what God thinks and what God says, how much weight does that carry in your life? You know, in Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter we have in the Bible, and I promise I'm not gonna read every single verse from it, but, but in this Psalm, David, he, he emphasizes the word and the opinion of the Lord. It's a recurring theme all throughout the chapter, and he's, he's trying to highlight and point out the significance and the importance that God's word and God's opinion should have in our lives and shaping who we are and shaping our beliefs and our values. And I just wanna read a few verses from, from this Psalm that, that speak to this. In Psalm 119, listen to what it says. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can he live in a way that, that honors and pleases God? By keeping your word. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Your word, God, your opinion, it is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God, your word is completely pure. It is holy and blameless and your servant, God, loves it. In verse 160, the entirety of your word, God, it is truth. Each of your righteous judgments, they endure forever. Does God's word, does God's opinion carry the greatest weight in your life? Listen, God's word can be trusted because God's word is not a, a viewpoint or a, a perspective or, or speculation, God's opinion can be trusted because it is truth. It is certain, it is absolute, it is unchanging. The opinions of the world are constantly changing. They're not based on fact, they're not based on truth, but God's opinion is truth. And it is truth that we can anchor our hearts to, our lives to, and ultimately we can anchor our identity to. Who we are can be found, can be secure in God's word. Whose opinion is going to carry the greatest influence, the greatest weight in your life? 